Let us be attentive. To make spirits as angels and as servant flames of fire. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews. Let us be attentive. Brethren, if the message declared by angels was valid and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard him. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his own will. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou carest for him? Thou didst make him for a little while lower than the angels. Thou hast crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. As it is, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. But we see Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Peace be with you, the readers. Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Let us be attentive. At that time, there came to Jesus a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he besought him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she was dying. 
As he went, the people pressed round him, and a woman who had had a flow of blood for twelve years and had spent all her living upon physicians and could not be healed by anyone came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who is it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the multitude surround you and press upon you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone forth from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, a man from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear, only believe, and she shall be well. And when he came to the house, he permitted no one to enter with him, except Peter and John and James, and the father and the mother of the child. And all were weeping and bewailing her, but he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once. And he directed that something should be given to her to eat. And her parents were amazed. But he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, one day, uh, a father wanted to spend some time with his son, and he really wanted to you know, treat him to something rather special. So he actually went up to his boy and he said, Son, little Jimmy, let's say, what do you want today? What can I treat you to? just want to have a little time with you and give you something special. Well, for some reason on that day, the boy was, I guess, craving some McDonald's french fries. And so James, the father, said, all right, well, I like Burger King better, but whatever you want today, little Jimmy. So they went over to McDonald's. They're driving there. Little Jimmy is kind of getting excited and, and salivating, getting ready for those, those hot fries to come. And so they're at the counter. The dad steps up to place the order, and 
the gentleman across the way says, so what size do you want? And he looks down to little Jimmy and says, supersize it. Let's go big today. Give me a lot. So Jimmy gets even more excited. So he gets a little fries and the drink, and they go over to sit down. They say the Lord's Prayer. Even that's a little too long for little Jimmy, so excited to get those fries. And then, of course, with joy, he, he dives in, and he starts eating them one by one. And the dad, of course, is, is pleased, right? He's treating his son to a little something. He's, he's happy that he's having such a good time. And he, you know, reaches over to kind of share in that joy a little bit and to grab a, a fry or two. And immediately, Jimmy does this. He kind of builds a fortress around it, pulls back. And he goes, these are mine. These are mine. So the dad starts to think a little bit, and he's kind of surprised a little bit because the boy apparently at that moment had forgotten that the source of those fries were indeed his father. He's the one who had given them to him. The dad's thinking in his mind, he goes, well, I'm quite a bit larger than my boy, and if I really wanted him, I could just take him. And also that he didn't really need the boy's fries. He could go up and, and buy some more and get them for himself. So as James, the dad, thought about his son's reaction, he knew that just a few fries, of course, really didn't make much of a difference for him that day. What he really was looking for, what he kind of wanted at that moment, was for his son to invite him into that wonderful little world that he had made possible for his son. He wanted his son to be willing to share the blessings that he himself had provided for his boy. Like that father, God our Father desires to sit down at the table with us for some fellowship. And so when God reaches over to use some of the blessings that he has given unto us, even if it is just, let's say, 10 out of 100 fries, far often we say, no way, God, these are mine. You can go get your own. We try building our own little forts around the many blessings that God has given unto us. Now, of course, God asks us to give and to share in order to become and to be like him. He has set, of course, the ultimate example in the sending of the, and the giving of his only begotten son and in all that he has given unto each and every one of us. If we travel back into the Old Testament times, there's a great passage in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. This is when David the king is taking up a great collection to build a wonderful and beautiful and splendid temple for God. The people are extremely generous. Gold, silver, jewels, on and on and on. All the materials necessary are taken up. Everything that is needed is collected. David the king is so taken back. He's so overjoyed. These are the wonderful words, this incredible prayer after receiving these gifts from the multitude. 
from the church gathered there that he offers unto God. Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembled church, and David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make a great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you, a house for your holy name, is from your own hand and is all your own. I know also, my God, that you test the heart and are well pleased in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things, and now with joy I have seen your people, who are present here, to offer willingly to you. We see here in the beautiful prayer of St. David, those very words, by the way, that we say in the Divine Liturgy at the offering of the gifts of the bread and the wine, Tasa ekton son, thine own, from thine own we offer to you. And the people realized this in their giving. The people took what God had given them and they offered it up back with joy unto the glory of his holy house and of his holy name. Here we are talking, of course, about stewardship, taking what God has given to us and becoming caretakers of those things, multiplying them and offering them back to God. And we don't really need to look very far for examples of very good stewardship, especially when we have so many thousands and thousands of saints before us that we can look to. Even looking to today, November the 8th, that we celebrate the archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and all the heavenly bodiless hosts, we can have a great example of what it means to be a good steward. All the angels in the beginning, every single one of them, the thousands and tens of thousands and millions, God knows how many he made, they were created as splendid creatures, described as powerful beings, full of light and wisdom. Some, however, as we know, did not keep their proper state, as St. Jude tells us, refusing to give God the glory, and were, in a sense, or really were, bad stewards of the grace that was given to them. These angels fell from grace and became the dark angels, the demons, on the other hand, the angels who were good stewards of the graces given to them, like Michael, Gabriel, and on and on and on to our guardian angel, do all things for the glory of God and return to him 
what he has given them. They praise him, worship him without ceasing. They deliver heavenly messages to us. They protect us. They intercede on our behalf before the throne of God. To name just a few of the marvelous things that these heavenly beings do with the glory entrusted to them. Tomorrow on November the 9th, we have St. Nectarios, a very, very beloved saint of our, just the previous century, who fell asleep in the Lord in 1920, and amongst other many, many virtues that he had, from a very young age had a great love of learning, especially sacred letters. This gift of knowledge was used by him towards the end of his life, after he had suffered many persecutions and defamations to become the head of the Athens Ecclesiastical School in order to go there in his humble and loving spirit to teach and to prepare young men for the priesthood. He was also given the grace and the power to work so many miracles and wonders and to heal. He has healed so many people up to this very day by his selfless prayers, and he continues to do so, ministering unto his fellow Christians, even from beyond the grave. Another day, November the 10th, there's so many packed in this week and in this month, by the way, but there's another man, St. Constantine, who was a rich and powerful prince in the kingdom of Georgia, the country of Georgia, in the 9th century. He was very well known throughout the land, and now throughout time, for his virtues, his piety, love for the poor, his compassion for sinners. He was given much by God, and he was exceedingly generous in his almsgiving to churches, to monasteries, and to poor Christians. He was blessed, very blessed, even to end his life by being martyred by the Muslims, for his undying Christian faith. We go to November 13th at the end of the week for St. John Chrysostom, who was given the best of educations possible of his day, but he turned his training to the good and to the upbuilding of the church. Thus he became and earned the name Chrysostomos, right? the golden mouth. Because of the talent of oratory he had, and continuously preached and educated his flock in the word of God. And he has left to the church a priceless treasure in his hundreds of inspired sermons and teachings. We see the talents given to these people, these angels, these holy ones of God, and we see what they did with them. Speaking of talents, we know the parable very well about the master who had the three servants. And he says, I'm going to be going away for a long time, but I am going to return. To the one that he gave five, to one he gave two, to another he gave one. And he said, of course, when I return, I would like to have back what I've given you, but multiplied and with interest. We know that when he returned, of course, two of them had indeed done that and were obedient to their Lord. But one did not do anything with it. 
We have all been entrusted brothers and sisters with special graces, unique gifts. And going back to the French fries analogy, some have been given a few fries, a small, some more, maybe a medium or a large, and some even a supersize. And just like there are smaller and thinner fries, there are curly fries out there, there are steak fries, etc., so also are gifts varied and very different, both of the material kind and of the spiritual. The question is, are we going to be like the first two people in the parable, the blessed servants, the good stewards, who increased the grace entrusted to them by putting it to good use, by offering back to God what was his in the first place, Or are we, out of fear and little faith, or even selfishness, going to bury what God has given to us, having nothing to show him on the day of his awesome return? Brothers and sisters in the Lord, stewardship of spiritual and material gifts is to be exercised from the perspective of the inevitability of the Master's return and the requirement to give an account to the Lord. In the end, all is returned unto God, who is the true Lord of all things, spiritual and material, and of all people. As David the psalmist says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who dwell therein. The master at his return said to the good stewards, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your Lord. This shows the joy of God at seeing his children share their gifts with others and with him, the gifts which are from him in the first place. This also shows the joy that stewardship is to be by offering everything back to God, we enter into God's eternal joy. So then let us offer the prayer of David that we heard from 1 Chronicles with our own lips, with our own hearts, and with our own efforts. We know our God that you test the heart and are well pleased in uprightness. As for us, in the uprightness of our hearts, We have willingly offered all these things. And now with joy we, your people, are present here to offer everything willingly unto you. For yours is the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty forever. Amen.